Welcome to the Back to the Bricks podcast, a new podcast about sports, faith, and culture. I'm Justin. And I'm Nick. Close friends turn mid-major rivals. Join us as we venture back to the Bricks. Welcome back to the Bricks. We are so excited to be joined by FC Cincinnati defender Nick Hagland, a local boy from Cincinnati, <laughs> grew up in this area. We're just so excited to talk with him about um, his experience as a professional soccer player as well as just life in this crazy season of quarantine and how faith jumps into all that area, all those areas as well. So we're super excited to talk to Nick. Uh, Nick, what have you been up to with the whole stay at home, don't play professional soccer thing? Man, it's a, uh, you know, one, I'm a, I'm an extreme extrovert, so I'm living in the introvert life right now, and my wife's an introvert, so she's loving it. Um, honestly, we're, it, it's been fun. It's been, obviously it's hard in a lot of ways, but we're trying to see silver linings in it. I, my daughter is two years old, so I'm not traveling and going to see games. I'm seeing her grow up right before my eyes every day. So honestly, the household just looks like we wake up and play with Lou till nap time, and then we play with Lou until bedtime. <laughs> And then we fall asleep. <laughs> That's like the routine every day. We don't even know what day it is. So um, it's been really fun. We've just, you know, I ran out of ideas to keep her busy about seven days into it. You know, first couple of days I'm making slides. I'm making obstacle courses. I'm doing everything. And, you know, now she's like, she's into it for like maybe, you know, 30 seconds and then on to the next thing. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been fun though. It's so she, she's a blast. So. Um, she has such a big personality and it's a, it's really fun to just watch her grow and me and my wife just to get to be together and, and do that together has been, has been fun. Yeah. That's super cool to hear. I, I know I've been uh, watching your Instagram stories recently. You guys seem to be doing some crazy <laughs> stuff on the daily, I, jumping on the bed the other day and yeah, just some yeah, fun times. Yes. I mean, just try to keep her active, keep her into things, you know, like it's really easy to get bored and also keep me active, you know, get me doing things and running around. And, uh, you know, we like to share those things because, you know, the, <laughs> I feel like outside the walls of this house, it's, you know, for everyone, it's just, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of bad news and just trying to keep, uh, you know, everyone positive with little things here and there. Um, you know, just to know that everyone's in it together, that we're all going through this together and that we can, uh, you know, shed a little bright spot, maybe make someone smile, do something here or there and share that kind of stuff that we do, um, on the daily. Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to ask you, have you, how have you been staying active and staying in shape without being able to have your normal regime and uh, practices and everything. Yeah. So the first when I kind of saw, so I kind of saw ahead of the curve a little bit that things were going to go bad. So in terms of going, being quarantined. So I quickly went on Craigslist and I bought a, a indoor cycle bike. I bought a, uh, a reformer Pilates and I found uh, some like two 25 pound dumbbells and a Swiss ball. And so I bought all that beforehand. And so basically, uh, the first week I'd say I just kind of like, whenever I had time to do it, I'd do it. Um, and then once I realized this was going to be a lot longer, it kind of became more of like a routine. Like I'd wake up, have breakfast with the family, you know, we drink our coffee, finish coffee. And by like 10 o'clock, it's time for me to go do what I need to do. So it's, you know, it's, it's just being creative with, with workouts. You don't have a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of resources available to you. So, you know, you'll push the car, um, you know, uh, do some cycling, you know, I do 25, 25 pounds of everything like squats, curls, 
<laughs> you know, anything that can go, the reps just get like higher and higher and higher. Um, you know, so it's just like being creative and our, our staff has been really good with giving us workouts and things to do. And we've been staying, we have like a little group chat, um, where we do like challenges. We'll do like the 100 pushups as fast as you can challenge. And we'll post our times in a group chat and, you know, try and do a little bit of competition since we don't have that. We don't get to use the competition muscle, um, too often. So it's been, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get like your typical workout in, but, uh, you know, I got kicked off of about four uh, <laughs> uh, fields around here, you know, little turf fields. I was going to different high schools. Every day I'd get kicked off of a different one. Um, so now I'm just at home on the cycle bike. That <laughs> sounds like a very similar experience to most people. Like, I feel like you don't get to really use the professional soccer player card right now. Oh, no, not at all. No, not at all. And that's, I mean, that's a good thing. There's there's no real card to play here. This is, we're all in this together. So um, had to learn my lesson four times, but <laughs> I finally got the point. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. If uh, well, well, we'll jump into talking more about your faith. Um, I know that's something that's very important to you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll swing it over to Justin. But how would you say, just to kind of start us off, how would you say this season is different because you know Jesus? Yeah, um, it's interesting to go through this and have so many things around us that you can't control and you can't, um, you know, jobs on the line, uh, you know, you can't do the work that you typically do. You're stuck at home. Um, and there's a lot of fear that's going on. And if you look at the news, it gets even more fearful. Um, and for me, knowing Jesus is that like God had a plan from the beginning of time that he was going to send his son for us. And that, that was, that coronavirus is not going to, uh, it didn't surprise God. God knew that this was going to happen um, and that he's bigger than it. And he has a plan for us right now and in the future. And ultimately that plan is Jesus, but he ha- he's with us right now. He's in the midst of it. I'm actually reading uh, through Exodus because I feel like that's a great book to read right now in a pandemic <laughs> mm-hmm. where, you know, life is crazy and things are happening around you that you can't explain, you can't control. Uh, but there's a God that is bigger than all of this that is in control. And kind of that is the guiding principle for every day when I wake up that, you know what, I am trusting God with what is happening um, in my life today. You know, <laughs> tomorrow is going to, there, someone's going to tell me something different tomorrow, but I can only control the things I can control today. And, you know, um, that kind of, uh, you know, trust in God allows me to, you know, have a smile on my face, take care of my family, do the things I have to do. Um, and ultimately, you know, give glory to him for whatever happens in the day. Yeah, that's big. I mean, I, we've had, I'm part of like an FCA coaches devotional and we've kind of had some devotionals on Wednesday mornings talking about that. Like we're all a type personalities, so we want to be in control of everything, Yeah, but God's in control and we just have to have faith that he knows what, what's going on. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's big. That's important. So jumping into your, um, walk with, with Christ and stuff. Um, when did you begin following him? And then kind of like what changed in your life or what, what continues to change? Cause it's a, it's an ever going walk with him. Yeah, for sure. So, um, basically my story, you know, when I was growing up, I had this belief in God that he was like a magic genie basically, or like a lucky rabbit's foot, you know, that I could rub on and be like, I actually remember like praying to God about catching a Pokemon one time, like, God, let me catch this Pokemon. Like, I just want good things to happen to me. And when I want those good things, I'm going to go reach out to God for them. Um, 
you know, also when things are bad, you know, like I would reach out to God as well. Like, you know, when I was little, I got in trouble, like, God, please get me through this, you know, kind of thing. Ultimately, when I needed him is when I would would reach out to him. Um, And growing up, it was I went to Catholic church and I was confirmed Catholic and I went through all the sacraments and everything. Um, and it just felt like to me, just a thing to do. It almost felt like school again, where I just, you know, I would go, I'd do it. And that was that. And it was more of an event and it didn't feel like it really impacted me. And Jesus didn't feel personal. It felt more like up in the sky kind of thing. And so mostly I found my worth in, you know, being good at school, being good at sports, being the coolest or the funniest or, you know, and when one of those things were failing, I'd run to the next one. And when one of the, that thing started failing, I'd run to the next one. And then hopefully the other one, one of those would bounce up and I would constantly like chasing this feeling of being good or valued or worth it, um, in my life. And so it wasn't until I was in high school, I went to young life, um, at Lakota West and kind of heard the gospel real for the first time. You know, I've heard the story of Jesus, but I've never heard it where it was so personal that, that I had, I, there was nothing I could do to earn my way to heaven. There is nothing, you know, uh, there is no possible way that I could be super good at do all my chores and be good to my friends and be good at stuff that would help me get to heaven. Um, ultimately like God sent down his son for that so that I had an opportunity to be with him and that I could feel satisfied in him and nothing else. And that I would be worth it because of him and nothing else. And that kind of struck a huge chord in me that I was like, this is, I've been chasing something, this hole in my heart for, for my entire lifetime. And this is something that sounds different and real. And this is what I, you know, I didn't really understand about God, but God created us and he loved us. And why, you know, he wouldn't want me to, you know, be, you know, away from him. He would do everything in his possibility to bring me to him. And this, you know, this idea of Jesus coming down and being my personal savior was so strong to me um, that it immediately changed my life um, in my junior year of between my sophomore and junior year of high school. And so from that point on, it was just, you know, I was I'm a free, you know, I I live life very freely. I'm very outgoing. I'm very, you know, kind of go by the wind. My parents call it the Nick system where they're just like, Nick just goes and does something and it seems to work out somehow, which is just like in general how I live. But the Nick system seemed a little bit different now. It seemed more purposeful and it was definitely, you know, the Jesus system. It was that I was doing things, I was living freely and I was, it was, it was purposeful and it wasn't because I felt like I needed to do something. It's because I knew that something had already been done for me. Um, and that really changed my aspect of how, how I raised my daughter, of how I decided who I married. Um, my entire life has changed because of that, how I treat people, how I play my sport. I don't think I'd be a professional soccer player if it wasn't for Jesus, because there's no reason that I, the kid from Cincinnati that never was really on any team that was spectacular made it out of this group of kids um, to, to make it this far. And so I really give all the glory to him when it comes to my, my professional career, because, uh, I went to Xavier. It was a really terrible program at the time. We somehow got to become a top 25 team by my senior year. Somehow I got drafted somehow, you know, you know, there, the chances of people getting drafted, I didn't even know, or the chances of people making it out of the draft and sticking on a team is like maybe, 
15%. I didn't even know that. I thought I was like, I'm set. I'm set for life until I got into it. And I'm like, oh, shoot, this is this is not – this isn't like the NFL. This is not like NBA where these guys are set for the – you know, people get cut like that. Boom. So, you know, there's just so many things where I can point back in my lifetime where I look back and I'm like, wow, Jesus had been writing this path for me the, the entire time. Yeah, I mean, the really the only words I can ever put to it is that it's beautiful. And so mm-hmm. like when you're when you're saying like somehow, 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 like I think yeah. we all have those moments where we look back and we're like, somehow this happened. I don't know mm-hmm. how, I don't know exactly. why, but God made it happen. And I think it's always beautiful and awesome that, that we all can tell those those stories for of what sure. Christ has done for us. So Absolutely. Um, we all have people in our life and on our walk with Christ who point us towards him or hold us accountable or or those kind of things. Um who has been the biggest influence um, in your life and your walk with Christ? And, and if there's not one, who who are the people who have been an influence in your life? For sure. First, I would say um, is my friend, my young life leader, Alex Turvey. Um, he would meet with me every week after Young Life Club. He would spend the night at the his lead, uh, the one of the leaders' house that lived near Lakota West. He'd wake up. We'd meet at six a.m have a Bible study and then we would, he would drive all the way back up to Miami for, for classes. Um, and he did that for two years straight. Um, and he's the guy who walked me through what it meant, what was, you know, who I could share things that were hard with, um, everything. And so I, I really like the amount of time that he, you know, we didn't even know each other. We just met each other at young life and he just came alongside me, put him under, under, put me under his wing um, to just show me the ropes of who Christ was and to read books with me and help me to understand God's grace even more and, you know, my own sins and things that are going on in my life that don't make sense and how to guide me through those. So for sure, uh, Alex Turvey was the first person that um, helped, you know, illuminate who who, who Christ and the, the character Christ is. Um, second, I would say, is my wife. Um, you know, we dated in high school um towards the end of high school uh we started dating and dated all through college and she and now we're married and you know we have a baby and she is someone that you know just i i can remember the first time we were at like a little campaigners group and she was talking about joy and what it means to have joy and i was just like so in awe of her i was just like oh my gosh this woman she loves jesus she's beautiful like oh my goodness um you know but every day like in our marriage she's the one that keeps me accountable you know to who i am you know when you know professional sports is not an easy business there's a lot of ups and downs probably more downs than ups (laughs) um in terms of like how things are going um obviously i love playing soccer and it's amazing but there's a lot of challenges that come into it there's a lot of you know politics and you know a lot of mind games that you're playing with yourself um and she's that keeps me grounded and she lets me you know she lets me know like you're you're being a sad sack about this trust god in this you know she's keeping me accountable and you know her strength to to come alongside me and be a part of this um she you know she's incredible her faith is incredible and you know um yeah, definitely. She's someone that I'm so glad that I'm married to that keeps keeps Jesus in, in front of me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, the last thing, um, you talk about like the ups and the downs of, of professional sports and those kind of things. And then mm-hmm. even in the season that we're in right now, what helps to keep you centered um, on Christ and, and keep you living a Christ-centered life? What what helps you do that? Yeah, I think uh, I think of like, 
Hebrews 4.16, when you draw to the draw to the throne in confidence um, when in time of need. And I always love, that's one of my favorite verses because you're always in need. You know, there's never a t- not a time that you're in need. Even when you've played the best soccer game of your life, you scored three goals and you've done amazing. And everyone's like, you're the best, you're the best. You're still in need then, you know, just as in when you're in need, when you're stuck inside your house and you can't do anything and coronavirus, it feels like it's everywhere. You know, you're always in need. And so that kind of gives me, you know, the idea that I need to cling to Christ no matter what through anything that I'm, I'm in a constant state of need um, and that Jesus is there reaching his hand out like, Nick, I got you. I got you through all of this, no matter what happens, no matter if you have a job at the end of this, if MLS exists or not exists. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just saying like, you know, things are crazy. <laughs> I was just going to extremes there. <laughs> but, um, you know, that... Jesus is always is going to have an answer and be and be there and regardless of what happens like he's so good and that he has uh has has a plan for us for this life and the life after. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, I coach high school sports, Nick and I are both teachers and so mm-hmm. the OHSA just closed down all spring sports for for those athletes and so that's I think that's a good message for them to hear is no matter what, no matter what comes um, Christ is always in control and he's always has the answer. And so, mm-hmm. and kind of like you said earlier, he already knew it was going to happen. So he's going to sure. make a blessing out of it somehow. You just have to allow him to do that by, by Absolutely. loving him. So um, I'll ask you one more question and then I'll, I'll let Nick jump back in here with some, with some soccer stuff. So right. um, it's kind of cool that you're a hometown kid getting to come back um, and play for, for being for Cincinnati and those kind of thing. Nick and I are both Cincinnati guys. So how, what, why is it so special Um playing for your hometown team oh man it's 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 so cool it's not that i like i'm playing in, playing for toronto was a cool experience too uh but there's just something special to play for your hometown to look out into the stands and know that these are people that have been in your shoes like especially kids i think when i look into the fans and i see kids like i was in those shoes like i know what it's like growing up in cincinnati in the soccer cult you know and you know for me i having a role model is huge. My sister was a huge role model and she kind of, you know, we talk about putting a crown over kids' heads so they can grow into. Like, I feel like I take on that responsibility of being a role model because I know the power of being, of having a role model in front of me. Um, And so being able to aspire kids to dream big um, is is an amazing, amazing feeling. Uh, but also just to be in front of the Cincinnati fans. These are people that I know. I know exactly what they like to do, eat Skyline, eat, go, you know, <laughs> go to UDF, go to Graders, uh, you know, enjoy La Rosa's, Montgomery Inns. Uh, but it's just a, a cool feeling to know that these are like, this is the city that had, had built me, you know, um, and to play for that. It just feels like a huge sense of pride for me to to step on the field every time knowing that I'm representing my, my, my city, you know, not, not a city that was already existed that already, you know, that was get, you know, that Toronto had, had chosen me, but Cincinnati is a, is the city that, uh, you know, that built me and I get to be a part of this and get to share with everyone that's, uh, that's there is, is an incredible, you know, incredible moment for me. So you talk about how great it is to play for Cincinnati. If you had to pick one moment so far, I know it's probably crazy hard question, uh-huh. but what's your favorite moment so far playing for FC Cincinnati? Man, I think I got well. The first home game was amazing. Uh, just to feel the energy, like I'd I'd seen everything 
while I was in Toronto, I was watching all the USL things happening, sitting in my, you know, in my apartment being like, I need to be a part of it. How am I not like soccer is happening in Cincinnati and I'm not there. What's going on? Um, you know, so finally when I had the opportunity to see it firsthand was just cool. You know, not many people would have expected Cincinnati to be a soccer city to be for people to love it this much. And for people, you know, to come out to 30,000 fans, the smoke everywhere. People were, I've never seen people before a game, like, the the stadium be full for warmups like that doesn't happen and everyone was out ready to go the march coming in listening to the drums getting louder and louder and louder um you know and ultimately result 3-0 at home it was oh man it's, it it doesn't get much better than that yeah absolutely i, w- I was even thinking about when you said the the stadium being full like that always ticks me off as a fan like at every level especially in cincinnati like Bengals fans, Bearcat fans, mm-hmm. Reds fans. It's not a full stadium at, at kick or first pitch or whatever. Yeah. And so I, I think you're right. That is a very different experience for, mm-hmm. for soccer in Cincinnati, which is yeah. super awesome. I would say another memory is uh, working with the West End Pride kids. So uh, FC Cincinnati has a, um, you know, they've started Say Soccer in the West End, which Say Soccer doesn't exist there. Um, they got a bunch of volunteers coming out on Wednesday nights, and I've had four or five opportunities to get to play and go out with those kids. I also was at like a banquet with them where they got medals for participating in the league. Um, and just to see these kids be exposed to soccer in this way, um, you know, the West End isn't the most, uh, you know, rich place in the world um and these kids don't get don't ever have the have the opportunity to be around professional soccer or to you know have experiences like this and it just it was just so cool to see these kids pick up on soccer and love it and just enjoy being out there um and just being able to be around them and you know uh, they're on my instagram we message back and forth um, it's just cool to have that relationship with with those kids in that way because I don't think if FC Cincinnati was here that it that it would exist. Absolutely. Kind of going back to you talked about it a little bit before with the group chats and stuff. How are you staying connected with your teammates during this time? And even what, like, what do you think it means to love on your teammates well while you're in this season? Yeah, I think so. We have a group chat. I just try to throw in funny jokes. I'm like, when it comes to my humor, it's like. Uh, I'm more quantity over quality. Like I'm not quality jokes. I'm just gonna shoot until I land, you know. So I just throw jokes into into the group chat until someone laughs. Um, you know, just trying to make people smile, checking in on guys, you know, giving them calls, you know, especially guys that are lonely that don't have any. They're not living with anyone. This is probably expert, especially hard time. So um, I made sure to to contact them, make sure if they need anything. Um, you know, just making sure that we're staying in contact because it's, you know, this is, this is a unprecedented time. They're away from their families. They're not allowed to leave market because they're technically under contract. Um, so it's, you know, their family, it's their families are, something's happening to them in their, in their region of the world. Some people are European, so they can't go back home. They can't fly back. So it's, uh, it's tough. It's, it's just like, I think a lot of times, um, Jesus does not, not only does Jesus heal us spiritually, but he also like physically, he helps us psychologically, mentally, he, he is there for us. It's not. And so, and I, that's what he means when we're being the hands and the feet of God. It's about being there for people emotionally, uh, physically. And so like, you know, helping guys get food, helping guys in, uh, you know, 
making sure that guys are doing all right, I think is important. So I wouldn't say it's a lot of like preaching the gospel to kids or guys on my team, but it's a lot of just reaching out and letting them know that I'm there, that if they need anything, that I'm here for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think even to combat what you just said, I think you are sharing the gospel. So I think you're, you have that opportunity right now. Right. And you're, right. Show, you're showing Jesus pretty well, right? Even just the yep. simple things, like you said, just check and make sure they're okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's just crazy that to think about being under contract, I guess, as a as a normal everyday person and not thinking, oh, I can't go back to my family. Because obviously with, with FC Cincinnati, there's a lot of different backgrounds there, a lot mm-hmm. of different cultural stems. And so I think I can't even imagine like being a, another teammate right now and not being able to even just leave Cincinnati. Yeah. Crazy times. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. They have recently let guys go by car certain places, but it has to be within a day's drive. Um, so I think they've let four or five guys go recently, but they'll have to come back and quarantine for two weeks. So when mm-hmm. training starts up again, they'll be at a little disadvantage. But I think it's nice for people to be by their families right now during this time. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of going off of that, what what are you hoping for coming out of this season as soccer is concerned are you hoping for a, a limited season or getting back to, even getting back to training soon? Like, what do you have in front of you that you're at least hopeful for? Yeah, I think I honestly I feel like you look at the what's happening in the news every day and it changes. So honestly, I'm just taking one step at a time. Let's get back to training. You know, small groups, maybe two or three guys get the training ground safe again. Um, guys at least seeing each other a little bit. Then the next step is to get to full team training. That means you have enough, uh, you know, medical kits or, or enough tests to make sure everyone's safe. That means everyone's family's safe, you know, and, or, you know, who knows when that's going to happen. There's medical people that don't have tests. So I don't think we're going to get tests before them. So it's just taking things one step at a time. My hope is that we get our, our season in, you know, I don't know with, with fans, without fans, how things are going to work. Um, I just hope that we get the season in and that there's soccer this year, you know, cause I do think sports is uh, a way of bringing people together. And I think it's a, uh, you know, it's a cool, it's a really cool thing to see people, you know, come together with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of just going to go just a real shot in left field here. Um, but it. speaking of sports, um, the NFL drafts tomorrow night. This, mm. this episode will come out after that. But mm. are you willing to give the keys to Cincinnati to Joe Burrow? Wow, you really put me on the spot. Do you want my honest opinion? Absolutely. Oh, gosh. I feel like people will be really upset with me. Don't get him into trouble here, Nick. Jeez, man. I, I'm, I, I love Andy Dalton. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm a big Andy Dalton fan. So I don't want to see Andy go. I think, but I I totally understand where the Bengals are in their in their position or whatever. But I love Andy Dalton. I don't know if I I don't know if anyone's seen the stats or anything. But like through the last nine seasons of win percentage, completions, touchdowns, he's up there with like Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, some of the best names in football. So, you know, I love Andy Dalton. Am I ready to give Joe Burrow a shot? No, because I love Andy Dalton. <laughs> But if Andy's going, you know what? I think we should, you know, give the keys to Joe and let us see what happens. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I want a, us to keep Andy. <laughs> you talk about a guy that's showing Jesus and stuff. I mean, that guy's in a tough, 
predicament and he's still loving the city of Cincinnati and being in the hands of Jesus. And that takes a big person to do that. So I'm an Andy Dalton guy too. Um, I think he's a great guy. So I think um, he's a great quarterback. Yeah. So (laughs) it's bigger than just a quarterback. But I'm a, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. So if Joe is our, if Joe Burrow is our quarterback, go Joe. But I hope Andy gets somewhere and, and gets, you know, if he, I heard rumors that he was going to the Patriots. If he goes to the Patriots and wins the Super Bowl, hallelujah. I'm very happy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he, he can't beat the Bengals in the playoffs. So that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, with that's that my, said. That's my, like, nonpartisan <laughs> how I feel. <laughs> I appreciate you going through that. We're, we we explored that on our last episode. We're just trying to be realistic, yeah, right? No he had one, one year of college success, and it's Cincinnati, right? We can't just yeah, throw exactly. him into the fire and expect him to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully hopefully that's what he figures yeah, look, out. Peyton, you saw what Peyton Manning said. He threw the most interceptions in his first year, so he's all for it. Yeah. It's an adjustment. I think if you, if you, if you get Joe, you have to stick with him, and you have to build around him. Yeah, that's the big thing. you got to build. you got to give him some – some good things to go with. It's not yeah, just him. For, it's going to make the for team. Sure. So for sure, well, give him some protection very, in front of him. A little bit, you know? Yeah, very. I appreciate your versatility, Nick. I appreciate that you're willing to talk <laughs> no football problem. and football. So, yeah, <laughs> with no that problem. said, uh, we'll wrap up with you, man. I really do appreciate your time. <laughs> yeah, no uh, problem. If you had me. to give the people listening just a challenge for this continued season of COVID nineteen and quarantine, mm-hmm. what would you encourage them to do? Yeah, I think I would encourage people to find the silver lining, find the God moments in in all of this, because like I said, God saw this coming. It's, this is not a surprise to him. And so there's a reason why this is, you know, happening and um, not and like obviously disease and everything is from sin, but it's not like God didn't see it coming. And so God is with us in the, in the midst of this and we have to look for where the God moments are and where we can, um, you know, find Jesus moving in our days. And I think that's going to really supply hope for us during these, during these tough times, because it's really easy to focus on negative things and negative things that are happening. We have to focus on um, the positive and the hope and, you know, the, the hope in Jesus to, to get through this. And so I just challenge people to, uh, you know, look for, look for the God moments in the, in our days. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great well, challenge. Um, once again, Nick, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate your encouragement um, for people and just your willingness to talk about Jesus on and off the field. Um, no we're problem. just thankful for people like you in the city of Cincinnati. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Nick and I would just like to thank um, Nick Hagelin for coming on our podcast and trusting us enough to share his story, um, not just with us, but with you, and hopefully giving you some encouraging news and some things to take your mind off kind of what's going on right now. Um, We also want to take this time to share an exciting um, new venue that we're going through and a new platform that we're on. So Cincinnati FCA has been gracious enough to allow us onto their website and to reach more people um, and more athletes and coaches and those kind of things. Um, So we just want to give you a snapshot of what FCA is. So the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is touching thousands of lives in and around the city of Cincinnati. Since 1954, FCA has been using the platform of sports to reach coaches and athletes at the professional, collegiate, high school, junior high, and youth level. 
FCA is actively seeking to engage, equip, and empower coaches and athletes to unite, inspire, and change the world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. To find out more about the ministry of FCA in Cincinnati, visit their website at www.cincinnatifca.org. Again, www.cincinnatifca.org. This is an organization that I personally have been involved with since I was a junior in high school. Um, it's a wonderful organization, and we highly encourage you to go to go check them out. If you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're somebody who loves sports, or even if you're just somebody who's looking for some way to help people um, get to know Jesus. And so check them out. Again, we want to thank Nick Hagland again for coming on. Um, and let us know if you've got anything encouraging out of what he said. Reach out to us. Reach out to him um, and let him know. Thank you for listening to the Back to the Bricks podcast. We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, send this podcast to a friend, or share this episode on your Instagram story. We'll see you back on the Bricks next time.